Welcome to Realty Talk, the show that brings together the country's most authoritative and respected property experts. Follow us on all the socials and subscribe for updates and exclusive offers. Realty Talk is powered by realty.com.au, connecting buyers, sellers and agents differently. Greetings and welcome to this week's Realty Talk show. Your property hub's go-to home for property investment insights, inspiration and stories from Australia's top property experts, leaders and analysts. I'm your anchor, Bushy Martin from Know How Property Finance. And this week, we dive into the often unasked question of when to sell your property. We reveal a solution for the national rental crisis. And we ask you whether you've become a mortgage prisoner without knowing it. To kick things off, most property players focus on when to buy property, but very few consider when they need to think about selling. And you'll be very surprised at the answers to this absolutely critical and important question. As property specialist accountant Jeremy Yannuzelli, and I never get this right, that's Jeremy Yannuzelli, joins us to unpack this critical subject. As homelessness and rental affordability reaches crisis conditions around the country, with doors closing on rental vacancies just about everywhere, everyone's playing the reactive blame game and pointing fingers. But no one seems to be coming up with immediate, achievable and actionable solutions. Until now, that is. Ludwina Dortovic from the Room Exchange joins us to reveal a surprisingly simple, affordable and instantly actionable solution to this growing crisis. And to round out the show, Ryan Gare from Rate Money joins us to question whether you've become a mortgage prisoner without knowing it and to dig into other recent investor lending trends that may affect you. Now, before we get into it, if you're enjoying the show, I want to thank you for tuning in and I need to ask you a small personal favour because we really need your help in order to continue to attract great guests and enjoy great conversations by hitting the like button as well as the subscribe button wherever you're listening to or watching the show because we're on a mission to get 1 million subscribers in order to continue to attract the best of the best and by helping me to help you, together, we're actually going to help those that are less fortunate, that have no voice and have no choice. Because for every new subscriber, together, we're going to save lives. Because we're going to donate a day's worth of life-saving water to families in Tigray, Ethiopia. So do everyone a massive favour and take just a few seconds to subscribe now. And make sure that you also sign up on the realty.com.au homepage, where you'll also get a free copy of my award-winning book, Get Invested, just for making the effort. We've got some great property gold to unpack, so let's get on with the show. Now, when it comes to property, there's endless information and volumes of discussion on when to buy property but very little information on when and why to sell. And as I've always said, when it comes to investment, you always need to start with the end in mind, the clear strategy on when and why you're going to sell a property before you even buy it. So to put some shape around this often forgotten but very important subject, we're joined again by specialist property accountant, Jeremy Yanazelli from KHI Chartered Accountants. So welcome back to the show, Jeremy. Always a pleasure, Bushy. Thank you very much, mate. Mate, I'd uh, love to get into this subject because, you know, the wholesaling exercise is often treated as a, you know, a far off event. 
But uh, you and I know that's a very different story. So at what stages do investors need to be thinking about when to sell their properties and most importantly, why? Yeah, so a couple of stages I like to chat about with clients is number one, comparing apples with apples. So having a look at your current investment that's out there and having a look at, you know, a comparable investment to see where the numbers are. So you might have your property worth $1 million, renting for, say, let's argue, and say $40,000 a year. And you might have another $1 million property equivalent after all costs and transaction costs are taken into account, renting for $60,000 a year. Um, and it could be, you know, the different shape of the property market at that particular time. So your idea is obviously try to maximize your return on the numbers or the, or the dollars that you currently have. So yeah. that, that's one reason as to why we do it. Second reason, obviously, is our age and where we are in our property journey. Are we at the start or are we in the middle or are we at the end? Um, because unfortunately, the banks indefinitely don't loan money, uh, which is number one. And we're all starting to work that out as liquidity tightens. But secondly, as we age, you know, it becomes much harder to finance properties. And the banks might only extend the loan for 5, 10, 15 years, not necessarily the whole 25 or 30. So that's also something to consider our age and where we are from a retirement planning point of view. Yep. And the third is where there's a better opportunity. Um, you know, I quite often see many clients who I believe have reached a, a definitely a, a better sophisticated level of investment status. Um, they're much smarter as a, in, an investor. They've developed more skills, um, but they might be holding on to those one or two properties which aren't matching who they are as an investor anymore. You know, they might have bought that first property, which is a unit or that first sentimental property, which may have been their first home but not necessarily is it working for them based on the skills that they've developed. So it might be an option for them to consider selling and then utilizing that money to put them into a much better investment where the return or, or the capital return could be far greater. And the last one is many people love to keep their home, their principal place of residence. Uh, I see this all the time. They've worked really hard. They've paid it off. Um, and they now want to convert it to an investment property. They extract all the equity out to go buy their new principal place of residence, thinking that the interest can be tax deductible on their first principal place of residence. And when they have a chat with me and I say, guys, unfortunately, that house is pretty much near paid off. And the purpose of these, this equity that you've extracted to buy your new home, well, unfortunately, that loan's not tax deductible. So they've now got extremely low levels of debt on their principal, old principal place of residence, extremely high levels of non-deductible debt on their new principal place of residence, and therefore in the dollar, they're losing more money. So, you know, they're probably the four main reasons as to why someone should be thinking to sell their property. Um, and, you know, having a chat and airing that out with other professionals is obviously key. Um, but, you know, quite often I, I see people not making the right decision to sell. They, you know, make the right decision to buy, but when it comes to selling, they just hold on that little bit too long um, and maybe miss the market or miss an opportunity, which could get them into something much better. Yeah, very well said. So uh, the flow on from that then, what considerations and factors need to come into play when it comes to selling an investment property? Well, the best way to probably, I suppose, explain and give an example is using myself personally. Um, I did sell a, a number of properties in late 2021 and 2022. Now, why it came, why I made the decision to sell was purely looking at net return on valuation. Yep. So I bought a property, let's say for argument's sake, $350,000. Uh, the rent at that stage would have been, say, three hundred and fifty. dollars 
when it came to selling that property, the rent had gone up to $400, uh, which was great. Um, so the yield on purchase went up. However, on valuation, that property had moved almost $300,000 in the space of two years. So, you know, it was now worth 650 to 700 K. And when I really looked at the rent of $400 a week on a $700,000 property and compared that to an equivalent property of 700,000 after transaction costs are taken into account, the rent was actually $650 a week. So comparing apples with apples, I looked at my net return on valuation and said, this is a great time to sell this property. I've won quite a bit because my net return on valuation is just so low now. And to buy an equivalent property at the same value, I can get a net return, which is much higher, giving me essentially more dollars to you know, fund what I'm after from my property portfolio. So that's a factor that needs to come into play. You need to really individually stress your investment and you need to see, am I getting the best bang for buck for the money that's invested? What other assets are out there, whether it's property or other classes of assets? And can I get a better return or potentially a better capital return? So once you buy the property, yes, that's a lot of the hard work, but to keep it going, to be to get the best out of that orange, to squeeze all the juice that you possibly can, you really need to continue to consider your investment against other investments. And are you getting that best level or that best rate of return? So that's probably one of the major factors. Tax comes into consideration as well. Uh, from a timing point of view, when to sell the property, which is advantageous from a tax perspective. And it could be that you might own the property in a trust or your husband and wife has gone off work. And then again, selling that and being able to get a advantageous tax impact might be a substantial difference as far as the dollars in your pocket after tax is concerned. Um, and then age, age and tax considerations comes into account. So factors might be um, that it might be coming close to a six-year CGT provision that's in place. You may yeah, have yeah. lived in the property initially, uh, moved out of it because you're renting somewhere closer to work, and it's getting towards that period where capital gain tax may come into play. Yeah. You decide that you're not going to move back into the property. So again, it might be advantageous to sell the property and have a much larger portion of after-tax or no-tax dollars in your pocket. So there are a number of different considerations and factors that come into play when you're looking to consider to sell your investment property. Yeah, you've covered a, a lot of good turf there, mate, and that'll, that'll really prompt people to start thinking yeah, seriously about it. And, and, and like you, I took a similar opportunity to offload some properties uh, because you know, it, sort of, it had some massive growth over the last couple of years. And there's also the a pretty fair chance that some of those properties are in areas that are likely to flatline now for an extended period of time because of that growth being brought forward. So there's a there's a bunch of things to think about. Now, what influence do you think this has uh, on investors' property decisions throughout their journey in terms of the whole selling process then? Yeah, a, a lot of people, they get trapped into this never sell property mentality. You know, we never sell property. We hold for the long term. Property always goes up and it does. You know, you take a, a snapshot over the last 50, 60 years and there's been a little bit of blips and some downs, but traditionally it's always increased. Um, and that's brilliant. It's fantastic. It's a very safe asset class, you know, considered against other investments out there. But the problem is, isn't you know, it's not, we don't have an indefinite amount of funding from the banks. The banks will always say at one stage or another, no. And that could be for a various number of reasons, changes in circumstances of life, income, job, whatever it may be. So yeah. it really is something that I you know, say to people all the time, you've got to really understand what are the things that may influence your decision to sell and should it be brought forward or should it be pushed back? But 
yeah, we've got to get out of this mind frame that we just hold that same property for the rest of our lives because we do grow. Um, it's like a car. It's like skills in life. As we upgrade our car, upgrade our skills, upgrade our job, so should the way we invest as well. You know, I necessarily wouldn't encourage a client who's very sophisticated developments to go ahead and buy, say, for instance, just a standard property on a 300 square meter block. There's no X factor there. Yeah. So, you know, I'm big, big encourager for many people to say, as you grow and upgrade, you know, so should potentially the type of properties that you buy. And if it means letting go of something that's done quite well, brilliant. No one ever went bankrupt or bust making a profit. That's for sure. <laughs> it's exactly right. And it's really important to, to be testing the waters and to do cost benefit analysis on the property compared to others on a regular basis to make sure you're actually optimizing your overall investment performance. So look, some uh, always you share some fantastic insights, Jeremy. I really want to thank you for coming on today to really uh, demystify the whole selling exercise and, and thanks again for your time on the show today appreciate it as always bushy thanks mate thanks jeremy well our conversation has clearly reinforced that you need to treat your property investing as a business and there's a real very clear need to make sure that you're absolutely crystal on what your property selling strategy is right from the get-go so if you're looking for expertise in how to correctly structure your property purchases to optimize your property outcomes reach out to Jeremy and the KHI team at khipartners.com.au. Stay with us for more here on Realty Talk. Property deductions can save you thousands of dollars each year. To make sure you maximise deductions, you need to work with the most experienced quantity surveyor in the country. BMT Tax Depreciation is the leading specialist in the industry. They've completed over 700,000 tax deduction schedules for residential investment and commercial properties Australia-wide. BMT guarantee to find double your fee in the first full financial year deductions. Call BMT on 1300 728 726 today for an obligation-free quote. Now, do you have a spare bedroom that you rarely use? You know, the one that you call the guest bedroom. It ends up being a storeroom for all the stuff that you can't bring yourself to throw away. Well, you're not alone. The latest census has identified that we currently have around 13 million unused bedrooms right across Australia. And according to an Australian Urban Research Institute report, an incredible 59% of households aged 55 and above have two or more bedrooms spare. And even in the 22 to 44 age bracket, 30% of households have two plus unused bedrooms. But in stark contrast to this, Australia is suffering from the toughest rental market ever in Australia, with rental vacancies halving from 1.9% last year, which was already extremely tight, down to just 0.8% recently. So let's put this in context. For every 1,000 rental properties, only eight are vacant. So I find this polar opposite conundrum very interesting. At a time when the news is filled with depressing stories of a housing and rental crisis, where a growing multitude are ending up homeless and living in their cars. And to further illustrate this, the latest Australian Homelessness Monitor has found that in the past four years, there's been a 27% increase in the number of people seeking help at homelessness services because they can't afford or find a rental. Now, I'm sure you can guess where I'm going with this because in our world of growing collaborative consumption, where we can all better use underutilized assets, here lies the seeds of a solution that serial entrepreneur, Ludwina 
Stortovic from the room exchange is driving. So to unpack the soul for our current rental crisis, she joins us on the show today. So welcome to Realty Talk, Luke Winner. Thank you so much, Bushy, for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Likewise, I think you've got, you've come up with a, a solution that's been staring us in the face, but people are always looking from complexity when there's there's something there, and I love the fact that you've taken action on that. But uh, before we sort of get into that, uh, as I've outlined at the start, Australia is in the midst of a rental crisis, so can you give us a bit more detail on what's really going on? Mm, it's quite fascinating, and just to sort of lay the groundwork here, I'm a tenant because we rent vests. So we have an investment property that we self-manage. So I have tenants, I'm a tenant myself, and I'm also a house share and I deal with an agency. So I've got experience right across all spectrums of yeah. the um, the housing market in that way. What's happening is that we have a lot of houses that are really big. And, you know, we went through this stage of this building, what I call McMansions, and uh, people have taken them up and lived with them with their families, but maybe the family situation has moved on. So they're living in these really big homes with lots of spare bedrooms and bathrooms, et cetera, not being utilised. It's not always feasible to downsize, not always affordable, and it's not always palatable uh, for a number of reasons. Lifestyle could even cost them too much to downsize. We have a number of investors who are opting to list their property on short-term holiday platforms as opposed to making them available for long-term rental. And some of the things I'm hearing is that it's um, can often be quite easier for them to do that because there's quite unquote less hassle, um, but they often remain empty for about nine months of the year, but they'll make the same yield uh, renting them out for three months on a short-term basis. Yeah. Um, you know, we haven't, the government hasn't been focusing on building affordable housing at all. I mean, we're not even talking about social housing because we're, we're actually a you know, Australia's first verified house sharing platform. We're not about solving the homelessness problem. But what we're finding is, is that, you know, the government hasn't taken responsibility for even building social welfare housing, let alone affordable housing or high density, you know, smaller places. So then when you get kids like mine who are 30 and 28 and in the rental market, it's like it's ridiculous what's out there in the way that they have to live and the rents that they have to, to pay for. There are um, some areas like Hobart, for example, that I read an article recently, that their rents are doubling down there. And obviously a lot of these issues are happening because of the actual increase in um, mortgage and interest rates. Yeah. You know, we're feeling the pinch, you know, personally, myself as well. I was looking at my mortgage yesterday and it's gone from 3% to 5.9. It's almost doubled just in the last six months. And, you know, when people were getting mortgages, when they were quite low and they could afford it, you know, now their mortgages are at the rate where the um, banks would not have loaned them at. So there's a lot of issues right across the board. And because of that, just simply because there's not availability, people are actually having resorting to living in caravan parks or sleeping in the cars or crashing on friends' couches. Now, in this country, it is absolutely disgusting that that's happening. And we need to find instant solutions because the solutions that are being provided are going to take four to five years to actually turn over. And then, Bushy, the problem is just going to be double in size. Absolutely. And we've uh, opened the floodgates to uh, migrants coming into the country, which is only going to worsen the situation. So look, uh, apart from building new dwellings in uh, Lugwena, what short-term fixes are available? Well, I'm hearing some stories of um, councils putting in what they call pods or um, tiny houses on land or even, um, you know, glam tents kind of thing to to house people. Because, you know, if all of the 
properties are being taken up by this kind of holiday short-term market, well, then, you know, they haven't actually got the numbers there for the long-term. I mean, you're looking at places like down, you know, I'm from Victoria, so looking at Apollo Bay or, you know, Colac Lawn down that area down there, they've actually started uh, programs like things like Adopt a Worker where, you know, they're actually, you know, really asking the local communities to open up their homes and support um, local workers because the hospitality industries are really being smashed and because they can't find places to um, house their staff. Now, to think that uh, my, my husband and I recently went to Lake Yildon. This is a great example of that. On the drive back, we could not get one coffee anywhere on a Sunday. Nothing was open. And that is going to be more and more of a problem. Um, you know, there are uh, there's conversations. Obviously, the housing issue is top of mind for government at the moment. But again, you know, to actually build what's necessary is going to take time. So we need to start looking at what is available right now that we can utilise. Totally agree. And uh, let's face it, the governments have pretty much washed their hands of the housing problem since the 1970s when they actually stopped building housing. And the private sector are very much just in time. So unless there's a compelling argument, uh, the private sector is not going to pull the trigger. So, you know, we've got some real challenges there, but I, I know that your unique platform, the Room Exchange, has a great solution for us. So can you sort of tell us about that? Yeah, well, um, the Room Exchange is, is Australia's first verified house sharing platform. And what I mean by that is every one of our registered users, whether you're a household with a room in your house or a housemate looking to rent a room, has to have a digital ID by Australia Post. Now, we were one of their early adopters, so we've integrated their technology through what's called an API into our tech. So when you create your profile, 40% of the profile completion has to be getting your verification. So when you input your name, your date of birth um, into our profile, if that doesn't match the information on your ID, you won't get verified, therefore you can't connect with any users. And what that does, it helps prevent potential problematic people from coming onto our platform and it creates a fair playing ground for both households and housemates. That's the first thing. And the second thing, our profiles make it really easy to be matched based on personality values and lifestyle. So you feel like you're coming home to a friend and the third benefit is that you can choose the traditional rental model or choose what we call rent offset, which means that you can offset part or all of the rent by offering to do additional help around the house. And the benefit to that is, is that people who are looking to, you know, build up their financial uh, savings, you know, might say, well, look, I'm happy to pick up the kids after school or, you know, um, provide companionship for an elderly person in a home or build a vegetable garden. Or in my case, I want someone to help me sell that room full of secondhand stuff that I've got on Facebook Marketplace. So whatever it is that doesn't re require a license or it's non-professional, you can ask as a housemate and you can also put that in your profile as a household that you're willing to offset part or all of the rent um, by requesting that help. Now, what this does is, is homeowners aren't renters. They don't see themselves as renters. So we've created a platform that helps alleviate the, the potential problems that they think that they might um uh, come across through yeah. going through this process. So they can go on our platform, use it completely free. There's no charge and we cover the verification. But as a household, you can also um, request that we do um, our premium matching service for you. And what that means is it's based on a no match, no fee. So if you want us to actually recruit and interview and find your ideal housemate, we'll do that at a fee of the equivalent of the first two weeks rent, but only if we successfully find someone for you. And what that does is, we're able to ask the questions that households don't know to ask. And we're also able to ask the questions that both parties are uncomfortable to ask. 
So for example, what if we, you know, a special friend wants to come over or, you know, um, how do we make sure that we get a house share agreement, you know, in check at the start to, you know, we give them advice on for the first month, it's great to have a weekly meal together and actually talk about how things are going because really house sharing, every single person that has ever lived in a house with someone else, whether it's your partner or your kids, has house shared. And it's, it's funny, I often hear when people ask, oh, what if it doesn't work out? And I say, well, what do you do with your partner when things don't work out? You have a conversation. And, you know, really it's just a relationship. And if you're keeping that lines of communication open, then it will work out. And the stories that we hear, and we formed lifelong friendships with this. It's, it's incredible. But what our platform's actually doing, it's providing a resource for homeowners to say, well, look, their spare bedrooms were ten to 12000 a year in rent or on our platform, it's worth up to 300 hours of household help a year. We base that at about 25 an hour in comparison to the rent, which we think is pretty reasonable. And that way the household can utilise their spare room in the best way for their household and their housemates can actually um, utilise their money or their time in a way that's best for them. And what we're doing then is we're utilising the spaces that already exist the resources that are there, they don't have to be built. We've just provided the technology to do that, to give everybody the comfort and the security that they need to the best that is possible. Yeah, I love it. So that's a great solution, uh, Ludwina, and uh, I really want to thank you for opening our eyes to this glaringly obvious but massively underutilised solution. And thanks again for joining us on the show today. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, as you've just heard, sometimes the solutions to big problems can be right under our nose without even seeing it. So if you've got a spare bedroom and you'd like to make a real difference to someone's life, including your own, or perhaps you know someone who's really struggling to find a place to live, jump on The Room Exchange now at theroomexchange.com. That's The Room and then Exchange starting with an X and without the E. Keep watching your Property Hub's go-to place for all things property here on Realty Talk. Successful property investment is a game of finance. Do you have the right team and the right game plan? Realty Talk is brought to you by Know How Property. More than mortgage brokers, Bushy Martin and his team of investment architects set you up with a sustainable strategy structured to lower your costs, tax, risk and stress while increasing your capacity for growth. KnowHow has helped over 1,900 homeowners and investors secure more than $800 million in property wealth. So get set to live more, work less, and live your legacy. Want to know how to invest in your freedom? Visit knowhowproperty.com.au. According to a recent article in the Australian Financial Review, the value of borrowing by investors around the country has slumped by about 25% since interest rates started rising in May, having peaked at a record high of nearly $12 billion just two months earlier. And stories abound of borrowing capacities plummeting and purchase price power falling as rates continue to rise. But how do you separate the mainstream media fiction from the facts when it comes to investor lending? And to help you make better informed investment decisions, who's investing now and why? Well, to help you with all of this, you need to turn to home loan providers who are getting their hands dirty in the trenches. So today, we're joined by Ryan Gare, the CEO and co-founder of Rate Money, an award-winning home loan provider dedicated to empowering self-employed individuals in their property purchasing 
and investing journey. So welcome back to the show, Ryan. Thanks, Pushy. Thanks again. Good to see you. Absolutely, mate. Uh, keen to dive into this subject as well, given there's a, a lot of speculation around what's happening in that space. So, you know, given your position with rate money, who's the most common borrower that you've seen in the last 12 months? Yeah, most common borrower in the last 12 months is obviously we've gone through a boom. So, I mean, um, generally for us, we do specialise in self-employed. Uh, the tradies were a huge amount who were purchasing, refinancing, getting cash out. Also, as well, businesses that were coming out of COVID and needed that extra amount of equity and those sorts of things to get their businesses back up and going. But then on the flip side, there were so many businesses that were, that that grew so strongly through the COVID period and had record profits. And we saw a huge amount of investing purchasing through those ones as well, or doing up their existing property. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Well, given the sort of media speculation speculation around this topic, have you actually seen a decline in borrowing interest rates started to rise? Yeah, we've seen around about a 35% drop in borrowing since uh, interest rates have started to rise. Um, I probably see a little bit a little bit further to go for us and probably around about a 40% dip, I think, we'll see in, 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 in business. Um, I think as well as uh, back to your original question on who's investing right now and not just over the last 12 months, but right now too is I think it's very transactional. I do think it's a transaction-based um, purchasing right now. So it's someone who has to sell because they're moving to a new job. Um, they have to sell because in their financial situation um, or whatever it might be. I believe it's very transactional right now. Yeah, it's a good point. There's no doubt that from a listing perspective, there's uh, much fewer uh, properties uh, listed for sale than what they have been historically. And most of those that do list, as you say, doing so because they have to sell, not because they necessarily want to sell. So it's uh, certainly creating an inter interesting dynamic from that perspective. So leading on from there then, uh, what issues do you see people facing in terms of mortgage serviceability in the next 12 months, Ryan? Well, this one's a real interesting point, and I think it's a key topic um, across our industry. So prior to COVID, you could get a 2% home loan. Now, what we call the buffering rate, um, which is where if interest rates rise, we need to ensure that our customers can still continue to make their mortgage repayments. That buffer rate was 5.5%. We now have customers above 5.5% on their current interest rate. So what we call now the buffer rate, it's suddenly gone from 5.5% to 7.5% and it might creep up to 8%. Now, what does that all mean? You need to be able to service a home loan at 8%, which means your serviceability compared to when you currently got your home loan or when you did get your home loan has probably been affected right now if you were just on that servicing prior that you're actually not servicing now with a new lender. Yeah, it's a really good point. I'd Interesting your thoughts because I've been fairly vocal in recent times uh, calling for APRA 
in particular is to revisit that 3% buffer that's that's been imposed on top of the, the current rates. And yes. yet, while it was definitely relevant when the, the cash rate was at 0.1%, the big question for me whether it's now relevant, given that we're up around, you know, getting close to the five percent retail rate, is that three percent appropriate? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think we've gone. I think it's too late a little bit now as well, because obviously the rates have gone so hard so quickly that now, in this is in my opinion, we might only have another half a percent left in these rate rises before they really cool their heels and, and stop. So it's a little bit now, it's the horse before the cart or cart before the horse. They've missed the boat. They've missed that opportunity in, in doing something because now the rate or the peak of those rates um, in interest rate rises are probably only one or two more bullets off before we're actually going to stop. It might be a good lesson learned for next time. Yeah, because my, my thinking is I, I completely understand the RBA's need to increase rates to calm inflation by uh, quelling spending, but uh, whether it's necessary to also uh, put pressure on the property market as a result is a bit of a question mark for me. So uh, we, we might get you back to talk about more on that subject in a that one in there we episode. could talk over many, many conversations, I think, as as well. So I'd love to come back. But yes, I mean, that's a that's a whole nother topic in itself. And I think it's a very important topic that needs to be discussed. Um, because the issue for next year is borrowers might be able to service their loan, find a better deal. But because they've been caught in this cheaper environment market, they're now stuck on that current rate. Totally. They're mortgage prisoners, as I've been saying for a little while now, because a lot of people can't refinance now even if they want to. Yes. So we will come back and talk about that at a future date. But in the meantime, mate, I really want to thank you for these great insights again, Ryan, and thanks again for your time on the show today. Thanks, Bushy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Well, here's yet another example of the difference between media perception and hands-on reality. So if you're a self-employed investor looking to optimise your property lending options and your opportunity, reach out to a specialist home line provider like Ryan and his team that you can find at ratemoney.com.au or through one of their savvy mortgage-breaking referral partners. Stay with us for more on Nova FM's Property Hub flagship show here on Realty Talk. Now, before I leave you, here's a final thought from me. I've been asking you for some time now if you've become a mortgage prisoner without knowing it. And our discussion with Ryan Gare today reinforces this very important issue. Because the reality is that if you haven't refinanced for a couple of years, or you're still on one of the very low fixed rates that was offered post-COVID, the chances are that it may already be too late for you to do anything about it. Why do I say this? Well, as interest rates rise, your buying capacity drops significantly as a consequence. And as interest rates have risen over 3% since May last year, it's likely that your buying capacity has dropped by hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, I can hear you thinking, so what, Bushy? I'm not buying a property and I already have a home loan, so how does this all affect me? Well, the answer is a lot. And here's why. Because over the last nine months, the cost of just about everything has jumped substantially. And you may be thinking, how can I reduce my costs? 
Well, one of the easiest ways to achieve this and to save you tens of thousands in loan repayments, as well as reducing your monthly cost by hundreds of dollars, is to refinance your home loan to a much more competitive bank or lender. But here's the trap. If you haven't refinanced already, or if you've been lulled into a false sense of security because you're still on a very low fixed rate that expires later this year, you might mistakenly think that you've still got plenty of time before you need to do anything about it. But you need to think again and act now because it may already be too late. Why? Because interest rates have already risen over 3%. What you probably don't realise is that your buying capacity has reduced massively as a result. For example, on an average $600,000 home loan, for every 1% increase in rates, the buying capacity for the average home loaner reduces by about $100,000, which means that the average buying capacity has now dropped by over $300,000. But why does this matter? Because when you look to renegotiate or refinance to a cheaper rate in order to reduce your costs, banks are now required to relook at your current income and liabilities based on what it looks like today to see if you're still able to borrow the amount of your home loan. And there's now a better than even chance that you actually can't, which means you've unknowingly become a mortgage prisoner and can't refinance your home loan or reduce your costs, even if you want to. So let me reinforce that if you do need to reduce your costs and you haven't refinanced already, don't wait for your fixed rate to expire because you need to pick up the phone now and talk to a savvy mortgage broker or feel free to reach out to the team at Know How Property Finance for a quick no obligation call to see if you're still able to reduce your cost by hundreds a month before it's too late. And you're then going to be stuck with your home loan repayments more than doubling without any way of doing anything meaningful about it. So don't delay, do yourself a massive favour and do it today. And that's a wrap for this week's show. Another big thanks to our guests, Jeremy Yamazelli, Ludwina Dortovic, and Ryan Gare. And before we go, make sure you don't miss another episode of your trusted voice for all things property by subscribing to the Property Hub on your favourite podcast player now, where you'll also enjoy the Get Invested podcast delivered to you each and every week. Thanks again to realty.com.au, BMT Tax Depreciation, Apiro Marketing, DM Media, and Southern Cross Stereo for their ongoing support. I'm Bushy Martin from Know How Property Finance, and along with Kevin Turner and the entire Property Hub Realty Talk team, we thank you for getting invested in yourself by investing in us. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Miss something in this week's show or want to catch up on past shows? Do it anytime at realty.com.au where we connect buyers, sellers and agents differently. 